Welcome to the Hope Elam Podcast. We are a diverse church in the heart of Des Moines, seeking to bring God's kingdom as we live more like Jesus. We hope that what you're about to hear points you to Jesus Christ. Know that we're praying for you and look forward to connecting with you soon. So um, today, it, this is the message. Stay connected. Stay connected. The enemy desires to have all of us stay disconnected. Sometimes we think that a preacher or a preaching moment have to be so profound. And God said he's choosing the simple things of this world to confound those things that are wise. And so what I'm saying is stay connected. You may be here this morning and maybe you're feeling like you're not connected and haven't made a connection. Your time is coming. Just It's coming. But right now I'm saying as a church, we got to lock arms. God wants to use us in a way that is unique. We're not better than anyone, but there's a unique vision and mission for this, this body of believers. And so what I'm asking you to do is to push through those things that makes you feel like you are not connected. Keep striving, keep thirsting, keep hungering after being connected. Why? Because in Psalm 133, David said, Behold, be aware how good it is when we come together and dwell together in unity. That it is special when we come together, when we make the effort to come to church. David said, it is like the ointment that is put upon the head that runs down the beard. And he mentions Aaron, even Aaron's beard. He said it runs down his garment. He said that that union is so special. It's like the dew from Hermon. It's like the dew that descends from the sky early in the morning on Mount Zion. That's what it's like. When we come together, it's good and God sees it as good. That's why we ought to stay connected. He said in John 15, Jesus told his disciples, he said, I am the true vine. He said, and my father is the husbandman. He said in verse 4, he says, if you abide, stay connected. If you abide in me and I abide in you, he said, you're going to bear much fruit. I'm just trying to make an argument why we ought to stay connected. It is in Psalm 91, David reminds us again, he said, look, he that, she that, they that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. The person who can get in that intimacy, in that space with God, they shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. They're going to stay connected. So, if you're wondering what the preacher going to talk about, tell them the preacher going to talk about, stay connected. Amen? Amen? Amen. Just in case there's one person who missed it, turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, stay connected. <laughs> Hope Elon, we're going to be all right. <laughs> Listen, the generations. One of the things that we're doing in this series right now is talking about American spirituality and the trends that are concerning, but also the reason for hope. And we're going to talk about the trends, but I'm not going to stay long, Lewis Fountain, on trends because I want to talk about the truth. 
Regardless of the trends, regardless of the trials and the tribulations and all the trouble that differences bring, the truth will stand forever. Amen? All right, the generations. Uh, the greatest generation, okay, born 1901 to 1927. That's what they say. Uh, just by chance, anybody from the greatest generation in the house? I didn't think so, but possibly. The silent generation, 1928 to 1945. Where is the silent generation? You in the house? Okay, all right, representing. Where are the baby boomers? Come on, make some noise, baby boomers. That's what I'm talking about. All right, because we need to know you're here. Where is the Generation X? <laughs> all right, okay, yeah, all right. Millennials. Noted. I didn't even have to ask millennials. They just like, they just know who they are. And then they talks about the Generation Z. Where Generation Z? All right, now, wait. Is there an alpha generation, Generation Alpha? The kids, right here, right here, yep, right here. Now listen, listen, listen. The reason we ought to stay connected is for that Generation Z. They're watching us. They're listening. They may not understand right now, but they're picking up some stuff. Listen, my mama used to make sure that I went to church. I put on my Sunday's best. She made me go to church and sit right there next to her, and I did not want to be there because I was fidgety, and everybody, I had to stay, and she didn't want to make any noise. It was awful. But then, as we were in church trying to behave, then we would go home. And the same God that she was calling on in church was the same God I know she was calling on at home. And then after a while, I started to understand why I needed to go to church and why I needed to mind myself because that God was a big God. That's the God that got us through we didn't have any food. That's the God who put clothes on our back. That's the God that she was talking about. So listen, listen, there are some folks, millennials, Gen X, whether you're a baby boomer, whether, whatever it is, they're watching us. And we got to stay connected. There's so much to divide. Let's go to the gaps. Yes, there's a generation gap. And with all of the different cultures, there's different attitudes, different beliefs, different behaviors. There's different things. Just think about it. In the generation gap, just music. Just music alone is so different. You know why I love Maze and Frankie Beverly and Funkadelic? And you know why I know all and, and love them? Because my older brother, he loved Maze and Earth, Wind, and Fire. And because of my love for him, that got down in my spirit. There's some folks right now just who's watching you because of the things you love. They're going to love you. Think about all the differences with technology, with the phone. I remember, Natasha, you may not remember this, but had this bag phone all bulking, and, and it was, like, cool, right? But no, not really. <laughs> but that's what we had, and then we went to the beeper and then the flip phone and all those different things. But technology, there are gaps in the generations with technology, there's cultural gaps. There's poverty gaps. There's racial and ethnic gaps. We know that. There's gender gaps. All those different gaps, and there's bring, it brings a breach. When there's a gap, there's a breach. There, there's, a, there's a hole there. If we're not careful, a breach can become a gulf, and we stay disconnected. What I'm saying is we should come and dwell together in unity. We should come together. But when we all come together, we bring in all of our mess, all of our differences, and all the things that divide us. 
That's why we got to push and stay connected because God has a plan for all of us. What I'm saying to us is that, yes, there are gaps. Yes, there's disconnections. But I want you to know this morning, hear where I'm going. No matter the generation, no matter the gap, there's only one thing that can fill each and every one of us. There's one thing, only, and that's the gospel message of Jesus Christ. That's the only thing. It does not mean we have to keep doing everything the same way. We have to make room for the millennials, for the Gen X. We've got to make room for, for, for the Gen Zs without losing silent generation, without losing the baby boomers. There's room for all of us. But we've got to be willing to get connected so we can stay connected. The problem is sometimes if it don't look like or feel like what we wanted to, then we go find something else. God say, no, we got to keep working. All right, so here's the thing. I believe, and I hope you can feel me on this, Hope Elam, it's personal first. Yes, we have work to do. Yes, there's ministry. Yes, there's a community that's waiting on us to, to be who God has called us to be. But the first thing we have to do is be who we are supposed to be. It's personal first. So I pray that we would get uh, what I'm calling a no matter what attitude, a no matter what spirit. But what am I saying? No matter what the generation is, no matter what a person look like, no matter what the color of their skin, no matter what they smell like, no matter what, the, the, what they're going through, no matter what it is, we know that God is able. That if we get that down and we get that, that understanding, it's personal first. What am I talking about? I'm saying, listen, mom and them may have, dad and them may have, they may understand, but I got to know for myself. It's not until you've been sick and you did everything that you can. The doctors did everything they can. It's not until you call on the name of the Lord and he steps in that nobody can tell you about your God. No matter what, you understand that God is a doctor in the sick room. I'm saying no matter what, it's experiential, but it's personal first. David understood that. And so I want to walk us through three things that David might encourage us in this no matter what attitude. Three things. First of all, Psalm 34 says, David said, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Now, there's some things we can't do, some things that we can. But we control whether or not we're going to give him the praise he so deserves. David said the, that my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. Can I tell somebody something? Your soul can make it's boast in the Lord in your shower. Your soul can make its boast in the Lord in your car. Your soul can make its boast in the Lord in the corner, somewhere where you by yourself. David said, that's what is personal first. David said, look, and the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. He says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Together, being connected and no matter what spirit suggests to all of us that whether it's good times, <laughs> it's easy when things are going well, or whether it's bad times, whether it's uncertain times, or whether it's times when we go through the valley. The no matter what attitude and spirit says, look, it don't matter. I'm going to love the Lord up or down. And so now 
If I have a no matter what attitude, I understand that I have to praise the Lord. Praise him in the sanctuary. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him because of his excellent greatness. The Bible says that everything that has breath, praise the Lord. He's worthy just to get started. Personally, he's worthy to be praised. To, be pra- to praise is to be thankful. Listen, sometimes we don't thank God because we don't think about God. We don't think about he kept us when we keep somebody right now, Jesus, through danger seen and unseen. Some things that could have went one way that went another way. And it's like, ooh, that was close. I wonder if anybody has some close moments in their lives where you know that God stretched forth his wings and covered you. Bless the Lord at all times. Not only that, no matter what. He also says, look, I'm going to seek the Lord no matter what. That, that even when, Jesus, even when I'm not saturated. You know, there's sometimes you're saturated and he's right there. You can feel him. You can almost reach out and touch him because you know that God is moving. And then there are times that it seems dry, that you've been searching for him, you need him, you've been calling on him, and it seems that he's nowhere to be found. You know he's there, but you can't feel him like you used to. (laughs) I wish I had somebody. That you've been working to stay connected, but it feels like you can't get in touch. There there are trials and tribulations. There's trouble. There's pressures. There's pains, there's, 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 there's situations, there's predicaments. But I'm saying keep seeking him, keep thirsting, push through, don't quit, keep going. Hobelum, look, God said, he said, he, he provided prayer so that we can go to him. He says, ask. It's going to be given. Seek it. Keep seeking. David said, I look to the hills from which comes my help. All my help comes from the Lord. He says, look, if you knock, the door will be open. Anybody tired knocking? What do you need if you're here this morning? No matter what, keep knocking. No matter what answer you get, keep pushing. God says, I love you more than anything. We ought to love him the same way. We got to have a no matter what attitude. James 5, 16, Alan, here's what he says. He says, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous will have power. You don't need to preach. You don't need to be teaching it. You got to believe it. You got to be able to stand in the gap for someone who's disconnected and be able to say, God, I know you're able. God, I know you can. Why? Because there's nothing too hard for God. Listen, if you believe that, that nothing is too hard for God, just give me five seconds of of praise and worship to the God who's able to do everything. That God is a no matter what situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in the right house. I'm in the right house. David said, bless the Lord no matter what. Seek the Lord no matter what. But you got to trust him no matter what. Trust him. You got to put all your weight on him. He said in the word, he said, look, an angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear, reverence him, and delivered them. So you can't, like swimming, you can't learn to swim by taking a correspondence course. You got to get in the water. He said, oh, taste and see 
trying. When the situation is, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Don't try to figure it out yourself. He said, my ways are above your ways. My thoughts are above your thoughts. How are you going to figure out what you can't see? What are you going to figure out that you don't know? He says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. He said, look, he said in Romans 8, 28, here's the trust. All things. Can somebody say all? No, no, say it like you mean it. All. That's the height, the depth, the width, the... That's everything. He says, all things work together for good. For them who love God, who are being called according to his purpose. And we're going to let style, we're going to let the enemy separate us. we got to stay connected. But we know there's reasons why the enemy works. Let's go to disconnections. Here it is. So... Beware of the devil's schemes. What he likes to use is division. We already have the generation gaps and there's a divide. We already got all the gaps I talked about. There's division, but that's how he operates. He wants to separate us from our families, separate us from our marriages, separate us from the church, separate us from all the people who are the children of God. He seeks to divide. If you know the truth, then we can do better. That's what he's trying to do. And in a situation where anytime you move maturely but also in a committed way to do the things of God, opposition will come. And when opposition comes, there's going to be an attack, and we have to figure out what do we really believe about God. His scheme, the devil's scheme, is division. He's also trying to use deception. He'll make us think that, you know, what's hard is not right. He'll make us think the crooked is straight and the bitter is sweet. He uses deception. People understand that, look, he wants us to doubt that this is what he would have. He wants us to doubt our relationship. Maybe, you've, maybe you're aware of this, but doubt, I see you, Kim. Doubt in the biblical reference is dis. And oftentimes what makes us doubt and makes us disconnected is when we're disappointed. When there's disappointment, mm, hmm, this means two, means twice, means double. That means it could be this, could be that. Hmm, hmm, waver a little bit, and then you start to doubt. Hmm, I'm disappointed. Do they really love me? Then he uses disrespect. Did you really mean to say that? Instead of pushing through to stay connected, dis, we get dissed. We get disrespected. Then there's disharmony. There's disagreements. That's his scheme. Then another thing he used, he uses isolation. When things get hard, when I get disrespected and I start to doubt, the enemy wants to get us alone. He wants us to move away from the church. He wants us to move outside of what we know to be the truth. The same God who woke us up that we celebrated. The same God who healed our bodies. The same God when our back was against the wall. But when we come into the fellowship, when we go out into the world and somebody disses us, he wants us to go to isolation. He wants us to go to a place that we're all by ourselves. He wants us to go to a place where we can't have the fellowship. If we're going to stay connected, we got to get a little bit stronger as the people of God and push through. Talk about it. Get on the same page. 
He wants to use indifference. He wants to get us to a place, Cinti's. He wants to get us to a place to where, you know, I might go today. Uh, I know Saturday's coming. We need to clean up the house. Uh, other people are going to be there. I don't need to go down there. In Revelation 3, it talks about that we either need to be either hot or cold. He said he spews out those who are lukewarm. Joshua talks about make a decision. Who are you going to serve? Because indifference don't work. Get off the fence. You're either in or you're out. He uses ignorance. He says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. Zeal and passion to do work, but don't understand your personal relationship with an almighty God. We can't pour into somebody else if we're not filled up. We can't be what God called us to be if we don't stay connected. So when all of that is happening, there needs to be a bridge. Before we get to the bridge, let me just say this, this isolation piece. When I was doing the kind of the study for this spiritual, American spirituality, I learned about the nuns and duns. Who know what I'm talking about? N-O-N-E-S and D-O-N-E-S. There are some nuns, people who no longer are religious. There are some duns, people who've been in the church faithful, but because of the church, because of being stagnant or not feeling hurt, then they're done with the church. They still love the Lord, but they're not coming in fellowship. And I saw all that, but I said, I'm not going to focus on the enemies. Not them being the enemies, but that trend. What I'm going to focus on this. There are nuns, there are duns. But my Bible tells me that at the end of the day, the nuns and the duns will all have to answer to the one, the one who created the heaven and the earth, the one who is uh, alpha and omega. Everybody got to answer to the one. So whether or not there are dis disconnections, yes, but there's got to be a bridge. And the church, we're the bridge. Some try text. And we, we, we're going to be done here shortly. I'll, I'll go quickly. The bridge. A no matter what attitude, Psalm 100, verse 1. It says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. That's a, that's a shout. When you say make a joyful noise, when you look it up as it is part of the heat, that means to split ears. That means you got to be able to let the world know that you are excited about your God. There's got to be some worship for what God has done. Oh, somebody's feeling. There's got to be somebody who don't mind saying hallelujah. hallelujah. Listen, listen, listen. Because of what he's done, I, I want to share this. And if you would just stick in there with me, listen. Um, so I used to live, and Natasha and I lived here in Des Moines. We lived, where are we? Right? Yeah. Three houses, four houses down on 26th Street, 1121, for 10 years in this neighborhood. And then we sold it, and we moved to Urbandale, but we kept the house. And one day after church, after Elam, I was checking on the, the tenants, and I drove my car, and there was a shared drive. And as I parked my car in the shared drive, and I went on the porch, and I was just going to be having a conversation, and then they asked, hey, uh, Dr. B, they said, um, something's wrong with the faucet or something. So I stepped inside, didn't think about it very much, but I left my car running. Two minutes, I came back out, car gone. <laughs> car is gone. My head started hurting. I'm thinking, am I really seeing what I'm seeing? 
I had my laptop, I had all my keys, but the car is gone. And so I got to call the officers, make a case. I called Natasha. I'm like, you won't believe it. My mom is visiting from Louisiana. So she comes to pick me up. Then we go. I pray. We go eat. We're eating. And then it hit me. OnStar. <laughs> call the officer. Tell him about OnStar. Call me back with a few minutes. Mr. Brown, we've located your vehicle. And it wasn't far away. Probably some kids joy ride. I don't know. I'm not dismissing it. But we go to the car. My mom's now is with us. And we go to the car. We're talking about generation gaps, right? And staying connected. My mom's in the car. And so we get, when I arrive, the back of the car, the trunk is open. The police officers are there. There's nothing, no damage. Um, but there's no keys. And so I, there's some big barrels and dumpsters, so I'm checking the dumpsters just to see, and there's a bunch of trash, and I don't know. I'm like, oh, I'm good. My mom, my heart, she said, baby, check in that one over there. I'm like, mom, I checked in that one. She said, baby, try it again. I go in there, just all disgruntled, and I almost get in the, the dumpster. And lo and behold, I don't have it right now, but the lanyard, I saw the lanyard, I could not believe it, and all the keys came out with it. And everything that the devil thought he took was restored. So what am I saying? What am I saying? Yeah. What I'm saying is, you think I'm going to let a few problems, situations, issues, stop me from being on fire about my God? that I'm not going to shout for joy just for who he is. He already showed me that he's a way maker, a promise keeper, a light in darkness. So what I'm saying, that's my experience, but you have yours too. I'm saying that we got to be able to worship when we come in here because what God has done, but also for who he is. All right, I'm going to push my way through. I got a couple more things. All right, so look, then it says, serve the Lord with gladness. and We doing that. Look, I was here Wednesday. If you ain't never spent a time Wednesday giving out food, and not, not in a way that is dismissive or um, demeaning, but there's a need, and Hope Elam is meeting a need. And so what I'm saying is we are serving the Lord with gladness, but that's the work. And if you are here, maybe the way, John said it last week, God be praised. Sometimes the best way to get connected and to stay connected is to serve. It's to come and work alongside each other without question. So that's that one, all right? Then it gets to this one, the bridge. He says, know ye. That means you got to know. You don't take my word for it. Do you know that the Lord, he is God? It is he that made us and not we ourselves, that we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates, into his course with praise. It says, be thankful unto him and bless his name. Why? For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth never runs out. That's who he is. You've got to tell your story. You've got to be a witness to what God is doing. How are we going to be the bridge and we stay silent? God says you're the bridge. You've got to tell your story. Somebody needs to know and understand the reality of serving God. That we are a bridge, the stuff that makes no sense, that God will fix it. And I'm done. We got communion, but give me two minutes. Black preachers, I tell you, they never know when to stop. <laughs> Sorry, we're going to get there. 
here's the thing. Here's the thing. Seriously. Um, back when I was in college, um, again, if you haven't picked up by now, my mom is my heart. She's still my heart. That's my girl. Even when I, so I'm in college. I'm a sophomore. And I'm a mama's boy. And we got back from a competition. I was on the track and field team. And it's about a two and a half hour drive. And, man, it was midnight, but I wanted to see Mama. It was like a, it was a holiday weekend. I got in my car, and I was heading out of Natchitoches, Louisiana. And as I'm leaving Natchitoches, kind of a one-laner, there's this man on the side of the road hitchhiking. Now, trust me, I have never picked up a hitchhiker until this moment. I don't know why I stopped. I drove past him. He was an older man. We're talking about generations. He was an older man. He was, he was hitchhiking. God pounded on my chest to stop. I stopped, and then I backed up. I said, where are you going? He said, Lafayette, Louisiana. I said, get in. And I'm thinking, okay, God, you know, I'm, I'm growing in my faith. He gets in the car. We're driving an hour in. Not really tired, but, you know. Um, and so this man who's sitting next to me, I guess I dozed off. I guess. Because when for a moment that I kind of like was stirred, his hand was on the wheel, kind of pulling us back to the road. I said, okay, God. All right. I knew when I dropped him off in Lafayette, Louisiana, that I'd never see him again. But I also knew that it wasn't by accident. When you, we say we're praying for you and it's not by accident, God had me back up <laughs> and pick up this hitchhiker so that he can allow me to be here with you today. Yeah. He was a bridge for me. And I know God wants to use us to be a bridge for someone else. Not for the accolades, not for the pats on the back, just so that we can give him glory. Amen? Amen. Put your hands together for an almighty God. So. It could be that you're here and you're not connected. I'm talking about personally. There's going to be some people that's going to be around so you can pray and understand what it means to be connected and to have your soul salvation assured. So sometimes we got to get connected before we can stay connected. Maybe you're here and you have been isolated. You've been indifferent, whatever the case is. And you just want to, this is fact, this is first Sunday. This is atonement. You know, we're going to do this in a little bit. We're going to get right to repentance. And then there is the bridge that we stay connected. I'm done. God be praised. All right. Thanks so much for joining us. To find out more about Hope Elam, follow us on Instagram at hope.elam or visit our website at hope-elam.org.